Hello everyone, I'm Giuseppe Neva from DuoShockers.com, and I'll be your host in the sixth episode of our webcast. With me, as usual, is our charming co-host, Emily Hobbs. Hey guys, how's it going? Well, I'm great. I don't know, how are you? Not, not talking to you, I'm talking to our loyal viewers. As usual, we, we always have to do this. Uh, <laughs> well, if you're not familiar with our webcast, it's a weebly, weekly podcast, weebly... <laughs> A weekly podcast, a weekly podcast, if you will, <laughs> in which we talk about Japanese games, anime, Japanese geek culture in general, and more related topics. Today, our main topic is the resurgence of Japanese games uh, that have returned to prominence worldwide after a few years of kind of limbo, at least a bit weaker years. This topic was inspired by a lovely documentary by the team at Archipel, I think that's how you pronounce it, because I think it's French, uh, which had several developers of popular recent games in Japan comment on the recent momentum of Japanese gaming. Uh, but we'll get there in a bit. Uh, now it's time to talk about the games we played this week. So, Emily? Well... I have been doing a lot of going back to some older games, so I went back and played a little bit of Breath of the Wild uh, because I saw the Zelda mod, and that inspired me to want to go play Breath of the Wild, so I've just been riding around on a horse for a bit. Um, so that's been fun. Uh, and then I went back, and I got to play some Shin Megami Tensei games, so I've got the urge to go back and play Devil Survivor 1 and 2, so I'm going to get into that eventually. So I'm not quite sure which one I'm going to go back and play through first, but I'm excited because the Devil Survivor 1 was the first Shin Megami Tensei game I played. So, so I, do you play it. them or you just decided to play them? Oh, I've played them already. I just want to play them again. No, I mean this week. We're talking about uh, games we played this um, week. I touched a little bit on both and I'm not quite sure which one I want to go back and play like gotcha. full time through. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, in else? the comments, tell me what to play. Um, no, that's pretty much it for games. I finished my last semester of college, so I gra- I'm graduating next week. So. Oh my god, congratulations. What are you graduating, Japanology? Yeah, Japanology, you got it. <laughs> and uh, computer information systems, so. Oh my god. Compoopers, yeah. Yeah, that's why she's not on Twitter, because she's afraid of Twitter. Twitter's because everyone true. asks me, where is Emily? Is she real? I'm not real. I'm a cat. She's not, she, she, she's not on Twitter, so she, she must not be real. I'm tricking all yeah, of you. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to convince her. <laughs> I'm trying to convince her to get on Twitter so you can all follow her. So please, in the comment, tell her to get on Twitter so you can follow <laughs> her. Uh, okay, so uh, what about me? What did you get it? Yeah. So, well, Japanese, not much, actually. <laughs> Besides the usual mobile game, because I didn't have much time this week. Uh, I played the usual, you know, Grand Rule Fantasy, the usual um, Mavlev mobile game, and then I played mostly um, Total War Eternal uh, Britannia, which is not Japanese, definitely, because I need to write the review. It's it's late, I know, but this is not a game that you can review in, like, two days. It's way too easy, though. That's and they they're making a patch to make it harder, but yeah, you know. So uh, do I write the review before they write they, they they release the patch or after? So that's a little bit of a issue. But um, in any case, and then I, I play a lot of Conan Exiles, which is definitely not Japanese, uh, because I also need to write the review of that one because they gave everyone the 
review keys the day of the pa- the day of the release of the game after a, a year of your early access but there is so many new things and you have to start from scratch because of course all servers are being pretty much wiped so yeah that's that's been fun um I'm not gonna spoil my spoil my reviews. I played a bit of Final Fantasy XIV as usual. I played some more Marvel visual novels because I can I can't spend a week without playing some of those. And uh, <laughs> well, it's like crack for you. Yeah, no, it's it's more like there are a ton of them, and I haven't finished them all. <laughs> it's and and they are in Japanese, so I, I'm kind of slower at playing them. So yeah, uh, like most of them are in Japanese. But yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it for me, Japanese-ish-wise. So what anime did you watch this week? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, it's been an English dub week for me. Ew! No, mostly. Ew! <laughs> um, but I watched a really cute um, anime on Netflix called Agretsuko, and it's about a little red panda named Retsuko. Um, and she basically works at, it's a Japanese show. It's, she works at like a Japanese, uh, office building in like an accounting. She's a secretary or something. And the world's filled with a bunch of these little animals and it's got a Japanese, uh, or a Japanese, um, voice acting and it's got English voice acting. So if you don't like the English, but you should like the English cause the English is fantastic. Um, and I watched that they're like the 15 minute episodes that they sometimes do for shorter shows. Um, so you can binge that in a day easily. And it is just, it's adorable. It's its real. It hits home too close a little sometimes. Um, and it, it's, it's a really good show, so I would recommend uh, watching it. And it doesn't, like, like some shows when they localize to English, they try and get rid of some of the Japanese stuff. But this is very clearly in Japan, just with animals. Like, they go out drinking to a bar and... The office buildings are very clearly Japanese, and it's all very, very clearly Japanese, so they don't try and, like, pull back on that with the English dub. They just go for it. Um, yeah, that sounds so really not cute. up my alley, really. Well, it might be up some people's alley. I'm it's sure. Adorable. I just, I, I just, like, intimately dislike anything with animals as protagonists. <laughs> it's um, and... my weakness. It is. Okay. <laughs> but uh, two other shows that I watched. Um, on Toonami, I picked up on the English dub of DB Super, which I had watched most of the Japanese of. Um, so it was neat to go back and see, because I haven't watched Dragon Ball Z in English since I was a little baby Emily Jr. with my brother. Um, and GT destroyed everything. But uh, Dragon Ball Super is really dumb and stupid and great, and the voice acting's fine, and I'm probably going to go back and watch some of it. It's great. Um, And one last thing, uh, I watched the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure English dub in the Phantom Blood arc, and I don't know if I've talked about it on the Weebcast, but I'm a huge, huge fan of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. It's the best thing ever, and everyone should watch it and read it. But don't watch the movie. And I mean the live-action movie. It's terrible. Oh, yeah, no, don't watch that, yeah. I mean, I've watch seen, it I actually, I actually saw it on the plane <laughs> when I was going to Japan last time. Oh, 
really? To get in the mood, right? Because <laughs> sometimes, yeah, yeah. In, sometimes in plane, at least in the airline I I, I take, uh, they have like uh, movies movies from the world, like various mm-hmm. cultural movies from. And this time, from Japanese movies, they had JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I was like, what the yeah. heck is this thing? And so I watched it. I, I mean, I, I actually watched the first hour of it because I could not. Like I, I just couldn't. I just had to change. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so <it's>... terrible. <laughs> the live action is not the best, um, but it is fun to watch if you plan on laughing at it. <laughs> if you can like enjoy B movie kind of sort of stuff. That's not B. Um, but the English dub of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, I cannot tell if I like it or if I hate it. I don't know. I genuinely don't know. I watched a couple of episodes of Phantom Blood in English, and then I watched a couple of episodes of um, <clears throat> Battle Tendency in English. And there are like high and low points, and they're doing these accents, and sometimes the accents are great, and sometimes they're the worst thing I've heard in a long time. And I don't know if I love it or if I hate it. So I need everyone in the comments to tell me if I love or hate the English dub, because I don't know. You ate it, let me tell you. Mm. But I got to go with majority vote. Okay. Well, I'm the majority. Oh, well, I live in America. We go with the majority vote. I, I am the majority. <laughs> Anything else? Giuseppe. Uh, how did you okay. say my name? Uh, with like a little uh, snake hiss. No, no, I mean, that's not how you pronounce it, but that's fine. All right. <laughs> uh, let, let's not get into that. Ah, Americans. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, that's about it. Alrighty. So, what about me? Uh, first of all, because it, of course it's all about me. Uh, first of all, uh, <laughs> let's have a minute of silence for Persona Five, which because I dropped it like a oh. third, which yeah. it is. Uh, I I'm, I'm sorry to I'm sorry to say I gave it five episodes of chance, and I was hoping at the, the first. First was kind of promising, then it became less promising. It's absolutely like it. It doesn't stand up to the to the game in any shape or form. The animation is not great. The characters are rushed. It's it doesn't make sense that it exists really. Like uh, it does not. Like if you play it the game, necessary. if you yeah. play the game, you don't need to to watch the anime. Really, it, it adds nothing and actually misses a lot. And uh, if you did not play the game, play the game. <laughs> Literally, yeah, that's, pretty much. that's how it that, is. That because the point. anime is really not going to give you a good look at the game if you did not play the game. Just play the game, seriously. But honestly, I did not like any of the Persona anime. Even Persona 4 Golden, I really did not like it. It didn't make sense as well. It didn't make sense for other reasons, but uh, that's... They really cannot do a, a good Persona anime, it looks like. I haven't seen the Persona 3 movies uh, yet. Maybe those are decent, but I, 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 at this point, I'm scared. <laughs> have you seen the Persona 3 movies? I have, yeah. Are um, they good? I, I like them, uh, but I also like Persona 4 Golden, just because of how it characterizes some of the characters, so I don't necessarily know how you would like okay, it. Okay, gotcha. Um, but it does, it, it does hit the major points... Um, pretty well because it's like three movies mm-hmm. so far. Gotcha. For it. Alrighty. Uh, well, so one minute silence. No, not really one minute silence. Let's let do five <laughs> second silence for Persona Five anime, which is 
dead for me, really. Uh, well, okay, let's not, let's not put silence in the podcast because that's not a good idea. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> on the other end, Full Metal Panic Invisible Victory t- took off like awesomely. It's gotten it's to not- the point. It's gotten to the point in which things happen really, really fast, and uh, now it's all going to be like a old Full Metal Panic, what we love of it. So yeah, it's if you haven't started watching it watch it if you haven't watched like the first three seasons you should watch two of them you can ignore Fumafu because it doesn't make sense it doesn't that that doesn't exist it did not happen but you have to watch the other two seasons the serious ones because they introduce you very like uh, they introduce they introduce the, the, the story of the third one so and they're great so the, the first one is a little dated, I guess, animation-wise, but it's still a great story. So uh, you really should watch them all if you haven't watched them first, of course. If you have watched them, you can, you can jump right into the third, and it's absolutely fantastic. Then uh, Megalobox confirmed itself to be absolutely fantastic. That's another one that if you, wa- if you, if you like anime in any shape or form, that's a series that you have to watch. Then I continued watching my usual, you know, heartwarming trio of anime, which is uh, uh, 3D Kanojo, Tadakun, and uh, um, Otaku Nikoi wa Muzukashi, which also are are still great and are doing like they they're doing really nicely. Like the 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 latest episode of, of Otaku was a, was a little bit filler, I guess, but. The the other two were still great, so I'm I'm still watching them and enjoying them. And of course, like uh, that goes without saying, Legend of the Galactic Heroes is still fantastic. Like it's 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 absolutely great. So much that I restarted watching the old ones because I can just wait for the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know it's really good. Yeah, really, absolutely. Like it it shows things in different way than the original. Like rewatching it. I noticed more difference than I remembered. Because when I watched it the first time, it was a long time since I, I watched the first series. And I guess that's a testament to the quality of the new series because it didn't make me go like, oh, it's missing points, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was there, there are enough. several differences that are not better or worse, but it's good to watch them both. I would suggest if you're, say, if you're watching the, the new series, also watch the 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 old one because it's great and probably because it's going to go much longer than the new series because you know 12 episodes against like 110 i believe so yeah watch it definitely because it's going to give you like a, a much bigger uh view on the universe which is really great and really good to be explored and uh, yeah, I'm sorry I always you know talk about the same anime every week, but it's not well, like good. there are good, good ones. I mean, yeah. And and I refuse like categorically to watch Dragon Ball because I hate Dragon Ball. I despise it, and I would never fun. watch it. By the That's way, fun. because Dragon Ball is just bad. Just so you know. Good, good for you. No, good for everyone. If you know, just burn it. Anyway, <laughs> um, oh yeah, this is not anime, but it's a Japanese. TV series. I finally finished. I I started a long time ago. I finally finished to watch the um, Father of Life, uh, Father of Light, which is the TV series inspired by Final Fantasy fourteen on Netflix. And oh, yeah. and uh, because I stopped watching it because uh, um, the 
the actor playing the the father passed away, so you know. Oh. <coughs> feelings. Um, but uh, feelings. yeah. Uh, well, it, it, it was really, really, really good. Like, it, like it was absolutely fantastic in his role, and it it wasn't a fantastic actor in in many other roles. And uh, how did so, they play it off in the show? Did they? No, no, he passed away after the, the show. Oh, was finished. okay, okay. So, I thought it was uh, so yeah, in 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 the end, like you know, very much uh, feelings and a lot of feelings and watching it and all. But it's a, it's one of those series that are so cheesy, they are so good, you know. So I, if you if you're ready, if it's not too soon, I suggest to to give it a watch. If you, especially if you play Final Fantasy fourteen, if you don't, it's probably going to be a little less impactful for you. But it's um, it's very nice. It's very good. Yeah, it's on Netflix, so it's easy to see, uh, to watch. Um, and that's it for me this week. So so yeah, um, we can move on to our main topic, which is. Uh, the renaissance or resurgence or rebirth or whatever you want to call it the noyetizy of uh, japanese <laughs> of japanese games <laughs> and uh, yeah so basically what happened is that uh last week uh it's still this week for us because we're recording this on sunday evening uh what you're going to see uh, you're going to watch uh, listen See, watch, listen, listen see, to this watch, podcast. Listen. You're gonna taste. The <laughs> Today I'm a little out of it. Sorry, <laughs> I'm I'm a little bit. I have a little a bit of a cold. In fact, my my voice is probably a little bit low, truty. But um, so yeah, I'm a little out of it. <laughs> anyway, uh, this uh, this documentary came out on a channel that was that is named Archipel, which I believe is French, and I'm. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. If I'm not, forgive me. I'm supposed to speak French, but I never heard that word. I'm supposed to speak French. <laughs> yeah, because I learned it in um, yeah. in in like middle middle school. <laughs> That's it. But yeah, uh, the it, the the channel is they renamed the channel that was named Toko Toko TV, which I'm sure many of you guys know about because we posted a lot of their interviews because they're great. Uh, so it. Takotoko is still part of that, and it's made by the same people. Um, and the um, the documentary is titled uh, "Ab and Flow." Uh, Ab and Flow: uh, Conversation on the rest, Recent Momentum of Japanese Games, and uh, it's directed by Anne Ferrero. Uh, actually, why I'm pronouncing it like an American? Anne Ferrero and uh, uh, Alex Zabava. <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing Zababa right because I don't know him. Uh, I actually, uh, I actually know Anne because she's French despite the Italian, uh, surname. And I, I know her because I interviewed her, uh, in Tokyo a while ago when she was working on her previous documentary, Branching Paths on indie, on Japanese indie games. And she's an extremely good director. Like she's really, really good. She's worked on TV in Japan and a lot of uh, other things, and and she she's the one directing the Toko Toko series of interviews as well. So if you if you if you follow Double Shockers, you probably know her work because we posted like twenty of their interviews because they're really, really, really good. And this documentary is just as good. So what they have is they have several several developers, uh, including um, 
Yokotaro, director of Nier Automata, Toshiro Nagashi, the producer of the Yakuza series, Fumiko Yasuda, the producer of Niho, Keiichi Toyama, the producer of the Gravity Rush series, sorry, director of the Gravity Rush series, not producer, and Katsura Ashino, the producer of Persona 5 and more, talking about this movement of Japanese games that are that have been returning to the spotlight after a period of limbo. Uh, so we're not talking about the documentary per se, because you guys need to watch it. Uh, we're going to have, like, if you go to the post in which we're posting the podcast, so you're probably going to see it. We're going to link it so you can uh, see the, the documentary as well. Uh, and you can watch it and, and, and see what they mean. But we're going to talk about our own ideas about this topic, uh, inspired by what they said. So let's, let's start it. Um, so basically what happened, I'm going to introduce really quickly the topic. In the past few years, we have seen some really, 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 really good Japanese games that came to the West and became super popular among, even among people that maybe weren't even very keen on Japanese games for, or JRPGs in general. Uh, like, uh, of course they haven't sold like in the gazillions, like, uh, uh, most of them at least, like, uh, most AAA, um, Western games, but they still sold a lot for Japanese games. Well, besides Monster Hunter World, which did sell in the gazillions, they just passed 8 million copies sold. Shift plus. Uh, but, um, then there was Persona 5, definitely. Uh, that, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, we, it, it won our, our uh, game of the year last year and, uh, in 2017 and it won it both from us, the staff of Dual Shockers and, uh, the, uh, and the popular vote among our readers. As you know, in, um, here at Dual Shockers, we have two separate top prizes for every uh for every game of the year and for every time we have a major event that has a dual shockers awards uh so we have one voted by you which is actually our most important one because there is a lot more of you than there is of us so it makes sense <laughs> and then we have our own so persona win one both which is for the second for the second year in a row actually um and uh that was really like the one of the best games I've seen in a long time. Uh, despite the fact that I gave it only a nine, I think because it wasn't perfect, but it was great. Um, then uh, we had, uh, uh, of course, Monster Hunter World that we just got. Then we got uh, Near Automata. We got the uh, the Yakuza series is becoming super popular despite its many flaws because the Yakuza series has flaws, but it embraces it in a way that is incredible. Yeah. And then we we had Niho, of course, that's also great. And then we had uh, we had Gravity Rush, the Gravity Rush Two, that was great as well, even if it didn't meet the commercial success that many other did, unfortunately, because Sony did not um, did not market it at all, pretty much. Anyway, there there have been several examples. Of course, there are like smaller ones. Uh, it's not all of them, but. Like the whole level of the Japanese industry seems to be pushing up and returning to its quirky, creative, uh, very Japanese nature, which is great. Uh, what do you think, uh, Emily? Uh, I think that that's 100% true. Uh, I would really recommend to everyone to go check out that documentary that Giuseppe was talking about. It is really beautifully directed and has some really solid um, things to say and check out. 
and yeah, we've definitely over the past few years we were we talk a lot about how it's a really great time to be, you know, a Japanese nerd, a weeb, whatever you want to call it. But it really is. I mean, we've had Nier Automata, we've had uh, Persona 5, the Yakuza series, all the things you were listing off. Um, even Nintendo, your favorite, has been getting a lot of play with Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey. Um, so we're definitely seeing a resurgence that I don't think was as present in the PS3, Xbox 360 era. I mean, there were good games then, obviously, but not to the degree and to the, I guess, noticeability or visibility that we're having right now. Um, Resident Evil 7. I forgot oh, about that of course. one. Also, that's also Japanese. Final Fantasy 15. That's great. That's another great oh, yeah, game. Yeah. True. Like we have, we have many games, and that's the problem. We don't have just three or four games. There are many that are like much higher than they were. So in in quality and in presentation and in success in the West, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember last spring I was just dying because I was swamped in games that I needed to play because the last spring there were so many good games that came out. Um, mm-hmm. And but it was like all at once, so I was just. <laughs> waving through like a bunch of games and having a great time but just up to my neck and in really amazing games to play so it was like i was dying slowly mm-hmm. because i i wasn't moving for very long periods of time <laughs> um but yeah definitely well yeah definitely yes and i'm i'm actually uh, what's your favorite among them like if you had to pick one that's tough um, I don't know. They're, the thing is, there there are a lot of different genres that are being played up. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Monster Hunter World because I'm really glad to see Monster Hunter coming to sort of the modern age in terms of graphics and design. Um, so that's definitely near and dear to my heart. But if we're talking last year, it would probably be a close tie between Persona 5 and Nier Automata, I think. Um, yeah, that's difficult to decide between them. <laughs> I actually yeah. had a hard time voting for the game of the year between them. I was like really, really conflicted. But in the end, like Persona, I guess Nier Automata is fantastic. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I can't state how good it is enough, but I guess Persona was more dear and and, uh, and near to my heart, mostly because it had more characters to get uh, to get uh, you know. Um, to get, um, to 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 love, you know, uh, that, mm-hmm. like Nier Automata did not as as many as much time with the characters. Makes sense. Yeah, um, and it had a smaller roster. It had like yeah, maybe smaller roster, and also like it 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 there is less dialogue. Uh, so it's it's of course a little less hit it's you uh, emotionally maybe a little less than than uh, persona 5 i'm not say i'm not bashing near tomata please don't hate me i absolutely f- love it to death he hates it he hates so, near yeah, autumn but uh yeah definitely i'm like and i think like the yakuza series had a big resurgence as well uh with yakuza 0 mostly that's yeah. i think when when it exploded 
uh, I think that's one because Sega did a really, really good uh, uh, marketing campaign for that. Like without mm-hmm. spending much for that, they didn't really spend much. They, they, they just did viral, uh, mostly on social media. But they did really well for once. Sega is not known for marketing games well, especially yeah. Japanese games. And but yeah. that with Yakuza Zero, they did really well. They played it to its strength, and mm-hmm. uh, and and laughed at its weakness. <laughs> Yeah, and that's and that's what you do. You have yeah, and, and it worked. The quirky parts. You're like, hey, whatever. Yeah. we got quirky parts. Absolutely. Like there is that 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 meme, uh, meme. Sorry, with uh, about uh, the the chicken that oh, has gone so viral. Uh, I so, love nuggets. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I I think it was about time because the, the Yakuza series has deserved this spotlight for a long, long time. And unfortunately, Sega has marketed this so badly before Yakuza Zero that just people just didn't notice it existed, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, the like unfortunately, Yakuza Six is probably not a as good as uh, Zero and Kiwami. Uh, but it's still very good. It's just a, a little bit, like, mostly because they change engine, so they probably couldn't mm-hmm. do as much as they have done with the pre. When you, when you change engine, you have to redo everything from scratch. So mm-hmm. you you lose something. There is there, there it's almost automatic. Uh, so it's it is it is um it is kind of justifiable in that way. In fact, Yakuza Kiwami Two, which is made with the same engine, uh. But it's the second game with the same engine. It's it goes back to its old splendor, definitely. It it uh, according to me, Yakuza Kiwami Two, which I've, I already finished. Oh really? Yeah, I finished last week. I, I actually forgot to say it, <laughs> but I finished oh, it so last week, it. and uh, it is uh, on par with Yakuza Zero quality of gameplay plus the new engine, which makes it look fantastic. So yeah, it's uh, because Yakuza Zero, the only flow it had. Well, we had some flows, but the biggest flow it had um, technically was the graphics because it was still the old engine that was created for cross-platform uh, games. And in fact, Yakuza Zero originally was a PS3 and PS4 game, so it's after mm-hmm. it's after definitely um, in the graphics department. Yakuza Kiwami Two does not have that flow at all. So fantastic. It is absolutely I'm fantastic. looking forward to it. And, and quality of gameplay, quality of story. Well, Yakuza 2, the original Yakuza 2, was the best Yakuza game before Yakuza uh, 0 came up. Yakuza 0 at the moment uh, is the best Yakuza game that came to the West. But the, before Yakuza 0, the best Yakuza game was, Yak- was Yakuza 2. And now Yakuza Kiwami 2 can contend again for the, play, for the spot of best Yakuza game. Uh, it, it is all that Yakuza 2 had plus more. So it, it's great. It's fantastic. But yeah. Uh, any yeah. other Japanese games that you loved in, in like recently, even if they're not super successful? Um, I mean, there's obvious ones. I really loved uh, Breath of the Wild. I was talking about how I went back to it after a while. Um, I was a huge fan of Resident Evil 7. Mm-hmm. Um, it had some it's issues. too creepy for me. <laughs> <laughs> I love scary games. It was my roommates and I all holed up together in a room and we we played it for hours on end and just got super spooked and scared and I shot a bunch take of that. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I tried <love> spooky games. <laughs> oh, I'm too um, much a scaredy cat. <laughs> but it really it really did kind of 
go back to some of the earlier roots of the series while still maintaining some some of the fresher ideas of like a, a next generation game. You know I what? Really- I could take the older the older um, the older Resident Evil games. I could take them because they weren't as creepy. They were more survival. Yeah, horror. they were more su- survival horror, and they were more like a shooter thingy, and they. The, the the horror part, I think they changed the horror like genre. Because the before like it was more zombie survival, more or less. Mm-hmm. Now it's more like crazy, creepy, evil daddish. Well it's it's everyone's going after what they did with PT. Everyone saw PT and everyone yeah. loved PT, and so they're like, we're just gonna do PT. And, and yeah, that's PT too, basically, without Kojima. Pretty much, yeah. And I mean, Silent Hill and Resident Evil franchise are kind of of a similar age, I guess you could say, yeah. and, and prestige level. So it, you know, there's that. But um, I I really enjoyed that game. And it was so funny. It came out at the end of January, and I thought, "Oh my god how how can how can they possibly have released Game of the Year so early?" And then all of a sudden, I'm getting all of these games, and I'm like, "Fuck Resident Evil Seven! Look at all of these other games." Yeah. And it was last year. Have you played it in VR? I did not play it in VR. Um, I did Um, have a friend who played it in VR and said, "Did you freak up?" Um. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I, I had to play it in VR at an event, and I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine it would be tough. <laughs> it was just the demo, but you know, because I, I don't have PlayStation VR yet. Mm-hmm. I, I have this problem that I have to stay alert for news pretty much twenty four seven. So I literally cannot afford putting a headset on. Which, like, if they, if PlayStation was so nice to put a news feed inside the PlayStation I'm VR. I'm sure you could rig it. I'm sure you could get someone uh, to rig it. Yeah, possibly, I guess. But uh, So I, I haven't jumped into VR as well, especially since most VR I played at events did not catch me so much. I still prefer playing on a screen, to be honest. I do as well. Um, my, a friend of mine has a Vive, and I played maybe an hour of that. Mm-hmm. And then in between, I have to take breaks because I just get so... Motion sick, I guess. Gotcha. I don't know. It's just, it's very jarring to me as an uh, experience. The, the... So I. Sorry, what? Oh, I was just saying. So for me personally, it's it's a tough transition, I think. I much rather prefer controllers, but there's definitely some really neat things to do in, with mm-hmm. VR games. The best VR game, I, the best VR games I played were, um, were at the VR zone by Bandai Namco in Shinjuku, actually. It's. Not it's it's Vive technology, but it's of uh-huh. course like a an amusement park. It's actually in Kabukicho, which is the oh. <laughs> which is the 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 district that inspired Yakuza, that inspired <laughs> the Kamu- Kamurocho that appears in in Yakuza, which mm-hmm. is funny because it's uh, like uh, if you think the Yakuza game and you think like the little plaza in front of the of the theater, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. The, exa- I can s- picture exactly where you're thinking. Yeah, about. where where there is the bullying. That's where they 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 tore down everything and they built the um, the VR zone now, which oh, is like really? a super so modern see. building. So it's it's like a punch in the eye. The the building is really looks terrible in there. <laughs> <laughs> but so is it just like you go in and play VR games? Yeah, you go in there, there, and and you can play VR games. And there's a little bit of a comics uh, off topic. There there are exclusive VR games for that. 
Uh, mm-hmm. are, you can play Evangelion. You can play. There is a new Dragon Quest one that I didn't try because it's new. Uh, there is a Votoms <laughs> one, uh, which is the, my favorite. Was actually Votoms because you had the robots and you actually had some control. Some of them are great. Some of them are terrible. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Because the, the Evangelion one was pretty bad because the control is not great. Uh, the Gundam one was absolutely ah. You just sit on on the hand of a Gundam and you just do, and it just does thing and you watch. But there are some really really good one and the fun and the the funniest probably is like obviously Mario Kart because you play Mario <laughs> Kart in VR and it's great. You know. Oh it's, my it's god, that's fun. great! Yeah. The funny thing is that I, I went to, in a press event, so I didn't pay. <laughs> but uh, the funny thing is that I played all the time against other journalists and. Uh, I, as usual, came up to the conclusion that journalists suck, suck, suck at games because I won every <laughs> single time. Because um, they're competitive games, of course. <laughs> but of course, yeah. That's, that's pretty normal. Like every time I, I play with other journalists at, at, at events, and I, I like I lose my faith in humanity. You... <laughs> but yeah, anyway, uh, uh, digressing. <clears throat> like, let, let's go back to the resurgence of Japanese games. <laughs> yeah. Well, there have been so many, so many games lately that, like, even those that are not, like, super duper popular, I think they, they are getting, like, more popular just because there is this momentum for Japanese games. Even if you think, like, the Senran Kagura series is not, like, a super popular series, but it sells well because uh, it's so Japanese that it embraces its Japanese nature, which I think it's the point that these games are are not, like, westernized in any way. Those that have been successful, they are game. Well, maybe, maybe Resident Evil could be. Could you could say it's westernized a bit, but Resident yeah. Evil has always been kind of. The series has always had, yes. you know, borrowovers. But in uh, in any case, most of them they're not westernized at all. They embrace the Japanese nature, and they're cool for that. Like mm-hmm. if you think, it's it's uh, the the concept that I mentioned when I was we were talking about localization. Being Japanese in nature and in flavor, it's an added value because it's the value of the exotic for many. And uh, I don't understand why people don't understand the, how valuable being exotic is to set your product apart. And in this case, those Japanese games that um, that embrace their Japanese nature are... Uh, they embrace the fact that they are exotic in the West and they marketed it well. Like the Yakuza series, the Sega, Sega is marketing it as, as for exotic, exoticism in many ways. And that's a big factor in making it successful, I believe. Mm-hmm. When we were, when going back to the interview a little bit that they had, um, they talked a lot about different developers were talking about an era of gaming where when you were developing a Japanese game, they were thinking about the overseas market and how is it going to be received in the West and we should try and make it appealing yeah. to the Western audience. And and then you see these developers, and I believe it was when they were interviewing um, with Atlas. Uh, That's what I One guy. Yeah, he said, try to please everyone and you end up pleasing no one. Yeah, and exactly. I think that's, that's a really good quote and really embodies kind of how we've gotten back from, well, you don't need to necessarily develop for the West. You just have to make a good game. Exactly. With what you're strong with and then release it and it'll stand on its own merits, I think. And Funny I think thing that's... that, that uh, Hashino-san would say that because I, don't, I can't remember Atlas game that... 
was developed to appeal to the West. Can you remember? I know. <laughs> Me neither. Like, is Steam moved from Persona 4 to Persona 5, like Persona 4 to Persona 4 Golden to Persona 5, and Persona 4 Golden definitely is not made to appease to the West. Not yeah, not even a little bit. <laughs> uh, other Atlas games, well, uh, it's not Atlas, but it's Vanillaware, and it's like uh, published by Atlas, it's Dragon's Crown. So that's definitely not made to appease to the West. Uh, Tokyo Mirage Session is not made to appease to the West, even if Nintendo tried to make it so, and yeah. ruined it in the process. I guess you could say Catherine a little bit, but not I don't hugely. think so. I think Catherine is too quirky to appease to the West. If they yeah. if they tried to appease to the West with Catherine, they made a really bad job. To it. <laughs> yeah, maybe they're maybe they've just been trying to appeal to the West all these years. And it's just more. Really bad at I, it. I think it's more the the bigger publishers like Square Enix, mm-hmm. uh, like yeah. uh, uh, like Capcom. Uh, uh, I think. Yeah, not Bandai Namco. Bandai Namco just did his thing for a long while, just you know, just doing <laughs> anime stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Uh, uh, Bandai Namco is is a bit of a different case. They still have, I believe, to find their uh, they their Eureka for ja- the Eureka for Japanese games, because uh, uh, Square Enix did it for Final Fantasy fifteen uh, and Nier Automata. Uh, at Sega did it with the Persona Five and Yakuza, Capcom did it with um, with uh, sorry uh, with Monster Hunter World. Uh, Konami's dead, and we, so we're not talking about Konami. Konami's dead and buried, and, and doesn't exist, and no one can talk about. Yeah, it, it didn't happen. Uh, but if you think about it, Bandai Namco is churning out a ton of Japanese games that are very Japanese, but and they're very like. They're interesting for people that like the anime thing, you know, anime crowd. Oh yeah, well, they kind of did with Dragon Ball, uh, Dragon Ball Fighters, I guess. Uh, I'm not sure if you could yeah. call it a real Eureka moment, but it's definitely probably the most successful thing they made, most like popular thing they made lately. Otherwise, I they still have to pull back from the brink series like uh, Tales, for instance. And, mm-hmm. and I hope they do. I hope they actually follow the example of uh, of other of other publishers, and they manage to create something that really you can say it's their Eureka moment. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they had Dark Souls, but that was more so. That yeah, Dark Souls they publish and... it. I mean it's. Yeah. I wouldn't call it Bandai Namco game. Like, yeah, exactly. And and um, they don't even publish it in ja- in Japan. They just publish it mm-hmm. in the West. Because in Japan, the Soul series is published directly from by uh, by From Software, so they they self published the game. Well, there is this new From Software game that's that they're announcing that, that just announced that uh, still doesn't have like a, a real title. Shadows they die twice. The one day they showcase that um, at the Game Awards, but we'll have to see. I, I, we don't even know if Bandai Namco is involved at all in that one. Because mm-hmm. uh, it there was just from software's logo there, so we'll see. I think it's Tenchu game, because I I definitely see the elements of the Tenchu series, and that's the Japanese Bandai and from software series that has been over. It's it's owned by them now. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, Bandai Namco still has. I, I they make a lot of games that I enjoy, uh, 
but yeah. none that would come up as a gaudy material, pretty much. And none, and none that I point to and I say, "Oh, that's Bandai Namco." I like, you know, normally I point to them and I say, "Oh, it's this other company that's probably a subsidiary of Bandai Namco." Well, not only like Arc System Work made Dragon uh, Dragon Ball Fighters, yeah, exactly, which is a great game, even if I hate Dragon Ball. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, definitely. I would like to see more of high-quality things because the problem with Bandai Namco games is mostly that they are kind of rushed with low budgets. So uh, they have this One Piece game, open-world One Piece game that's promising, but also we have to see. They, it's, it's difficult to say uh, how far they'll push it. Right? Are you much for One Piece? No, I'm not. But the game okay. is promising as a game. <laughs> well, I, I'm not for pretty much any shonen, pure shonen series uh, that are mostly just fighting and uh, and gags. Mm-hmm. Like if you put in some some romance and some other things, like a, a little bit more complex, like uh, Bleach, maybe I can stomach it. But. <laughs> Uh, I really can't stomach the like, the like pure shonen. the The last pure shonen that I stom- that I actually liked was Senseiya, like a million of years ago. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I mean that's classy series. But that's also because it it had a completely different like philosophy and uh, and way of behavior for the characters, so it was different. Uh, also, the, the the one that came out almost. At the same time, it was Euroiden Samurai Trooper, um, Samurai Trooper, yeah, which is what <gasps> they call the Running Warriors in the US. But they never made a video game for that, at least not recently. I don't, I don't remember if there was a video game back then. <laughs> hmm. But that was a great yeah. series. Anyway, uh, we're digressing a lot. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's good. We're having a good time. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, anything else? Any uh, other great game that you can think about lately? Not thinking about not thinking about games, but just thinking about how sort of Japanese culture and and enjoying Japanese culture and and anime even has become more mainstream is seeing a lot of at least in America seeing a lot of celebrities that are big oh, yeah. on anime. Um, I talked last week, I think, about Kim Kardashian said her new hair was inspired by a character from Darling in the Franks, which is <laughs> a super weird anime that. Is super obscure. Yeah, um, and I And I think her husband, uh, Kanye West, I'm not a huge fan of him, but I know he likes a lot of anime. He's really big into Akira. He's really big into uh, Gundam. I think he has like a scale model um, Gundam in his house. Wow, he has like, one scale model gun. Whoa, <laughs> Sashin Otaku. A model, but he does have a, a really... I remember seeing an interview and it was there was just a Gundam sitting in the background. I'm like... Ah, okay. All right, because a single gunplay doesn't make an otaku. Yeah, well, it was like a really big one and really oh, okay. impressive. But I was All like, right. he just has that in his house. I didn't know he was into that, and I was like, oh, that's cool. But uh, you know, when celebrities make it cool, I guess you could say. Funny because uh, I, even for anime, if you think it, it, it had decline like a few years ago. Like it yeah. went down a lot because when I was like much younger, anime was much more popular in some countries. I'm not sure about the American situation, but for instance, in, in my country, in Italy, if anime was super big and then it declined a lot. In fact, the company I was working for when I was working in anime localization closed because we really didn't have the market anymore. Uh, but yeah, in, in the end, it was like it's 
very interesting how anime came back uh, alongside video games. Maybe anime did not yet come back at the same scale, but mm-hmm. still, it's like anime still see it as a as a kind of niche ish thing. But mm-hmm. it's yeah. still bigger than uh-huh. it was a, a couple of years ago, for instance, or three years ago. Definitely. Yeah. And when I when I think of anime, when I when I was younger, um, we didn't even think of it as anime. We thought, you know, we had Dragon Ball Z, we had uh, Sailor cartoons. Moon, <laughs> Pokemon. Yeah, they were just you know Saturday morning cartoons. My brother and I watched Yu Gi Oh and drew cards based off of what we saw on the TV because our parents <laughs> wouldn't buy us the cards. Um, so it was just cartoons, and I mean, I think it's yeah. You got some bad, car- such bad cartoons there. <laughs> I mean, anime <laughs> in there. You didn't get all the good ones that because hey, mostly man, those Sailor were. Sailor Moon was great. Yeah, Sailor Moon was good, but that was one of the few. Mostly you got shonen and stuff, and very little too. In Italy, we got a like in most of Europe actually, due to the, to how cheap they were to to localize and to um, license. We got some anime that you guys never never seen, like all the Leiji Matsumoto series, all the robots, oh, really? like uh, Majinger, Grandizer, all those things. In America, they never came on TV, which is, which is why in, in Europe, actually, anime has always been much more popular than in America. Because mm-hmm, yeah. those were really... You guys had like four or five big anime, right? And, well, and, we had the big three, which was One Piece, Bleach, and Naruto over here. And Dragon Ball, I guess. Well, Dragon Ball is kind of like the looming cloud over everything else because it's it's always has been and always will be kind ah, okay. of thing. And then Pokemon <laughs> as well. Uh, here, yeah. here we had like a million of Japanese anime and even stuff that are super obscure. It was just on TV. Like like week after week after week after month after year was always something new. Sometimes they didn't finish them because <laughs> they wouldn't finish localizing them and they just moved to yeah. the next and they and they shown them like a million times. When they finished, they started again, <laughs> and again, and again, and again. <laughs> it was like yeah. it was basically eighty percent of of uh, in many European countries, eighty percent of the animated production we watch on TV was anime. So that's why like Japan you is never kind even of had in our a blood. To not be a weeb. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just I was born weeb. <laughs> there is yeah. nothing like I was indoctrinated as a as a weeb since since my childhood. Anyway, I think we we are digressing so much that the topic has pretty much been knocked off and we can move into the news because we've been speaking for 50 minutes, so it's time. (laughs) (laughs) It's time. Unless you have something really important to add. Uh, No. Okay. Yeah. So let's go into it. Uh, News. So Hironobu Sakaguchi, the father of Final Fantasy, is uh, getting his new game, Terra Wars, which is a spin-off of Terra Battle, uh, into beta soon. Not just for Japan, but means that it's close to release. So another mobile game from Hironobu Sakaguchi. I know there are mixed feelings about the mobile part. Yeah, I can see how people would be hesitant about this especially news, since guess. he promised the console version of terra battle we know nothing about it so yeah gucci we need it gucci <laughs> please tell us something about it thank you <laughs> uh, then capcom is going to release two major new games this fiscal year Woo! which i believe they have not been announced because some people told that one of them could be mega man I'm not sure Mega Man actually counts as a major game. 
It's been a while. It's been a while. I think Mega Man is more like a niche release in, in certain ways. Now it is, yeah. Yeah. Back in the day. I mean, especially compared Capcom talking about these games together with Monster Hunter World. So I think yeah. with Major, they intend something on the Monster Hunter World scale. So I'm believing we're going to finally get an announcement that Next Devil May Cry at E3. I don't have any inside source, don't quote me, but that's what I believe. But I don't know well, what, I mean, which the other one could be. Yeah, this, the rumors about Devil May Cry 5 have been, been around yeah. for a while. Forever. Um, yeah, but so I, I definitely think that could be something, possibly. Could they bring back Deep Down? <laughs> the chimera <laughs> of games. Yeah, maybe. No. I'll be I'd be uh, happy with the new Dragon's Dogma to be honest. But Oh uh, yeah, Dragon's Dogma was great. Yeah, but well my my dream would be rival schools or uh, the return rival schools, but uh, Get you know. It's awesome. It's the weebest game ever. Uh then they're returning uh, the the uh Jinguji Sapuro series, which is the uh, what's known in the West as Jake Hunter. Is uh, debuting on PS4 and Switch, uh, which Prism of Eyes, uh, which is pretty much a adventure visual novel on the on the guise of um, on the pretty much the similar vein to Ace Attorney, but much darker. Mm-hmm. If, if you don't know about it, I don't know if you're familiar with the series. I am not. But... Okay, yeah, it's pretty much like Ace Attorney but dark and okay. serious and hard boiled, uh, and unfortunately hard. It, they did the same terrible localization to it, so it's not. Jake Hunter. Great. It's, it's Saburo Jinguji. It's not set into some fictional American place that I don't even remember the name. San it's set, No, it's set in Shinjuku. So, and Apollo is not eating his hamburgers. Okay. Just so you know. Eat your hamburgers, Apollo. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, next one is uh, uh, SNK announced the Neo Geo Mini. And it's great. <laughs> Have you seen it? Yeah, I have. Oh my god, it's a little arcade cabinet that you can hold in your palm, and I think it's, it's so, so adorable. They did not say it explicitly, but I believe it's it may be portable actually, and uh, it looks cool. great. And I, I, I loved my Neo Geo. I have very little, very few game for it, but I loved the console. I really want this thing. It's so cute. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, I'll buy it. This is the, this will be the first mini console I buy. I did not buy the SNES Mini. I did not buy the NES Mini because I have a NES and a SNES, and I don't need them. But uh, the game for the actual Neo Geo is so costly that I I will actually buy <laughs> the Mini one <laughs> happily. Um, then we finally got a reveal of Warriors Orochi 4. Uh, which will be for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC in the West. They're just releasing PS4, Switch, and PC for Japan, but in the West, we are being more platform ecumenic. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, the funny thing is that I, I was chatting with the, with Koei Tecmo's, um, marketing executive for Europe, and there is a little bit of a mystery because the press release says 165 returning characters plus five yes. new ones. Jesus. <laughs> but I counted them. Oh my god. And they are 164. <laughs> so now it's checking and it'll get back to me. <laughs> I definitely if you go to the Japanese oh, side there man. is the there are there is the list of the characters that are already announced and they're definitely 164. So yeah, it's 
but he ensured he, he that you the press release was correct. That's well, fantastic. I actually had to to make my article. I had to download the artwork for each character one by one. So I actually downloaded 164 images from the site one by one. So I definitely counted them because I was like, <laughs> oh, isn't this finished yet? <laughs> <laughs> I want to stop. It was like eight in, the, no, 8 in the morning and I didn't sleep yet. And I was like, oh. Which is why I, I actually went back and recounted them because, you know, I wasn't very much awake by then. But yeah, uh, which is also why I, I have 164 files in my hard drive. So that makes it easier to count them. But I also actually went to, to sleep and all I can see is 164. Yeah. Next, Sega aims to expand the sales of its Japanese games. This was part of their latest, latest um, financial release. So, well, thank you, Sega. Appreciate it. We'll definitely no take everything you send us. So, please announce the release date, firm release date for Rekia Chronicles 4. Thank you very much. But I'm definitely, <laughs> well, I would, I'm definitely see that they are localizing a lot of things. I, mm-hmm. yeah. I had not expected localization for, um, for Shining, uh, but we got it. So, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope they localize everything they do from now on. And speaking of Sega, the new Sakura Wars game that we talked about in our second episode, I believe it was second episode, um, is coming in uh, this fiscal year, which means before March 31, 31st, uh, 2019. So it's not so far. Well, at yeah, least in Japan. Yeah, pretty close. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we are going to get it soon. And that's awesome. I'm so happy about it. Then more. There, there is a ton of news this this uh, this week, which is why I I was kind of hard to finish talking about our main topic because of the, because we are almost at our hour mark. We never managed to go shorter. Sorry, guys. Yeah, so, we're trying. We're not. Uh, so we're Final not, Fantasy fourteen is getting the it's patch four dot three. At, on my 20 seconds, it's gonna be a ton of concept, uh, content. Patches for Final Fantasy 14 are enormous. They get a, like a ton of stuff. They do them quarterly, but they put in new dungeons, new raids, new uh, story. So uh, the story is getting has gotten to a really intriguing part. So I'm not going to spoil anything or say anything. But if you're not playing Final Fantasy 14 and you love Final Fantasy, don't be intimidated by the fact that it's an MMORPG. It's like it's the one of the best Final Fantasy stories I've seen in a long time. So you should play it. Emily, you should play it. I, I want to once I Do it. acquire money to go play it. Ah, it's, not such, <laughs> it's not so costly. <laughs> so they have a lot of discounts every time. So uh, more Square Enix, they promised multiple blockbuster and medium games for this fiscal year, which is interesting because the only blockbuster games that I can think of for this fiscal year are... Um, Kingdom Hearts uh, 3 and uh, uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. So uh, it would yeah. be interesting if they have more. Uh, they also say that they're going to have some m- uh, major releases of new IPs. And there is no major release of new IPs scheduled this year. Uh, the only new IP they're, they're publishing this year was is, uh, um, is uh, Octopath Traveler, but that's not something I would consider a major game. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely interesting, but, but I wouldn't consider it a major, a major yes. release. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, there is uh, there is Left Alive, but uh, that was not listed in the 2000, fiscal year 2018 uh, releases in uh, in the latest financial financial documents. So we'll have to see if it actually comes out in 2018 or not. Uh, well, those documents are normally partial, so it's not it's not given that it's not coming. So we'll have to see, but uh, we'll see. Uh, they have a uh, which was the other piece of news is that they uh, they are going to have a video showcase at E3. So you expect them to announce a lot of things. That's more work for us. Thank you, Square Enix. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, E3 is literally the period in in the year that I hate the most because I literally cannot enjoy it. When I when it, yeah. when there is a tree, I I work about twenty hours a day, and mm-hmm. uh, I literally can't enjoy the conferences. And I go back like uh, a few days after I watch them again because finally I can enjoy them. But yeah, anyway, they're going to have a showcase, and they're probably gonna have. A, I I expect them to announce the release date of uh, Kingdom Hearts three, which was confirmed for two thousand and eight. Mm-hmm. So 2018. 18, sorry. Yeah. I wish it was 2008. Uh, but yeah, definitely expect a release date or at least a release month. I'm guessing we're probably going to get it around November because that's. I think that's the, reasonable. Yeah, in October. Maybe the end of October because September we're going to have a, a Shadow of the Tomb Raider. So yeah. they're probably not going to want to comp- have their own games competing. And I don't think they want That's, to go into yeah. November because uh, it it could be like competing with too much stuff. But it could be December. I think could actually be. Kingdom Hearts 3 is, could be the perfect Christmas game. Like just with the, the oh, yeah, atmosphere of the game. It's, it's Disney. It's, Come on. What's better yeah. Christmas than Disney? <laughs> It literally your target audience is the people who are going to be benefiting the most yeah. from Christmas. I so. take back I take my, back my October prediction. For me, it's a December release, which also gives them a little bit more time. I definitely think it'll be later on. It could be December. You're right. It could be. Yeah, definitely. So that makes sense. Yesterday morning, well, it was still night here at Bit Summit. There was the Bit Summit in Japan uh, in Kyoto. Uh, there was Bitsummit, which is the big, uh, uh, it's the indie game, the Japanese indie games E3, pretty much. If it's not as big as E3, it's two days of indie games galore in Kyoto. Uh, not only Japanese indie games, but also Western. There is ma- many Western developers that go to Japan to show their indie games. And uh, they announced Bloodstained Curse of the, of the Moon, which is a 8-bit uh, spin-off uh, produced by Intecreates. Uh, of Blanstein Ritual of the Night by Koji Igarashi. And that looks really nostalgic. I was like, okay, this mm-hmm. is this is called Castlevania Curse of the Moon. Yeah, basically. They've yeah. even got kind of the naming convention going on there. Yeah, I definitely I was like, okay, Cast- I actually I was writing the article, I actually wrote Castlevania as a mistake. I had to go back. Then I actually changed it. I was like Castlevania then that was a joke, but I actually wrote it the first time. <laughs> <laughs> It looks like Castlevania, come on. It basically is. (laughs) Which incidentally, there was a a, um, there was a panel with uh, Platinum Games Hideki Kamiya which actually said that the perfect action game for him is the original Castlevania on the NES. 
which I could agree with. Uh, speaking of Platinum Games, um, we have uh, Hideki Kamiya and uh, uh, Inaba-san, at their, uh, which are the two major producers and directors at the uh, Platinum Games, at a panel at BitSummit. And uh, Kamiya was teasing like cruelly wonderful 101 on uh, on the Switch. Like really, he actually went ahead and asked the audience if they would play it if it was released on the on the Switch. So come on, you can't be more overt than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think we can expect wonderful 101 on the Switch. Maybe they will it's announce fine. it at the E3. Probably at this point, I think I think that's mm-hmm. an E3 announcement. Um, and more importantly, because World War One is good, but I mean, it's not an incredible game. It has its high and low points. Uh, yeah. They're working on a top secret game. This is, a, this is on the Inaba side of the, com- uh, side of the company. On a secret game that is said to be super innovative and that will turn the action game ge- genre on its head. That's what Big they statement. say. Well, that's what the translator translated. Of course, some you know there is a little bit of the hype in the translation maybe oh, yeah. but uh i mean the, the translator is uh the organ was the organizer of bit summit and he knows his stuff uh, and he also knows a lot of things and they say that this game is so is so secret that n- not even everyone inside platinum games knows about it. <laughs> they have a little vault yeah uh... that's interesting but i have no idea what it could be yeah, I I don't either. Like that's a big; those are big words to say, even as translator. Um, uh, well, from Platinum Games, I kind of trust them for action games. Yeah, but, I do. Um, I definitely do. But yeah, they're, they're but big words. They're still, fighting words. Yeah, they're fighting. Yeah, they're fighting words. Exactly. So, so another one. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I'm just interested to see what you know. What it could be, right? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, going on, uh, Blade Strangers, which is this. These new fighting games that is published by Nicalis, uh, it it got an animated intro, like a full-fledged uh, extended version of its animated intro. And honestly, I was badass. <laughs> and it was cheesy as hell. Okay. Yeah. The, the 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 anime-like song in English was so cheesy. Fist of was, Fury and stuff like that. <laughs> it was literally like the most generic Japanese pop. But it was badass. Song. Like but, you but put all good. together was... the '80s anime nostalgic thing, it was super badass, and I like some some of those characters a lot. Like Princess Solange from uh, Code of Princess was great, and then there is uh, the <laughs> Cave Story characters. Some really good entries in that. Like uh, as a crossover game, I really like the indie vibe. It has a show all night that was just mm-hmm. announced. Uh, yeah. I like. I love that uh, Isaac's just in there from the binding. Yeah, Isaac <laughs> looks so weird compared to everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it, it's interesting. It's really, uh, also, oh, for, yeah, yeah, yeah. and we had Kawaza as well. Like they, they have some re- really interesting cast, and the game looks fun. Today we published some some new gameplay too, which is tomorrow. Yesterday for you because you're you're listening to this tomorrow, but it, it looks very good. They they show me that at Bit Summit on the Switch and it runs very well on the Switch. Well, it doesn't look like a super demanding game, but it is interesting. I'm 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 looking for. I'm notoriously terrible at fighting games, but I <laughs> am looking forward Same. to it. Like the last fighting games that were decent as uh, at was probably Kikayo on the Dreamcast, which is I don't I never remember the English <laughs> name of that pull. one. Hmm? Oh, Sorry, what did you say? 
That's a pull. Oh, you're Noki Caillou? No. Ah, okay. <laughs> That's uh, why I'm saying it's a pull. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to remember the, the English name. Uh Tecromancer. Ah, uh, I've heard of it. Yeah, it was basically a very good game with giant robots in which each robot had its own story mode. She was fantastic. But, uh, yeah, anyway, this, this Blade Strange is promising to me, and I am actually looking forward to, to, to see more of it. Then, oh, speaking yeah. of giant robots, I just yeah. remembered something. Did you have a chance to watch the Batman? Um... I haven't yet. Okay, you should watch it. Why, why speaking of giant robots? Because it has giant robots. You should I, watch it. Okay, I'll watch it. <laughs> I, I will. I, I just I didn't have time. It's, it's in my queue. So we'll see. Uh, last news: the 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 artist behind the Mana series, Secret of Mana, Second and Sets of Three, Shinichi Kamehoka, is going to announce his return to consoles in the summer. Which is he actually teased it before, but he said it would make an announcement at the end of the year. So it looks like his plans has been pushed up. So Shinichi Kamehoka-san. Uh, now works uh, now owns his own company. Before he was working in Square Enix, then he moved uh, to work to lead a studio that was wholly owned by Nintendo, which is, was Brownie Brown. Uh, but they now uh, he he owns his own studio. It's called Brownies, and they released a really lovely mobile JRPG called uh, Eglia, the Secret the Legend of the Red Cup. But now they're they're moving back to consoles. And I'm interested because his art style is great. I don't know. Are you are you are you like familiar with the Mana series? I'm familiar with the Mana series, but not with some of his newer stuff. Well, that's um, that's the only newer stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> but yeah, his um, his art style didn't change. It's always the same. So yeah, it's it's a good art style. I like that. And um, it's very specific. It's very like uh, peculiar and, and unique. So mm-hmm. I like it, and I'm interested in seeing what it does. I actually I interviewed Kamehameha-san. I went to visit Brownies uh, in September, and uh, I, I I interviewed about the Eglia game. Uh, but <laughs> funny thing is that I've been keeping this inside for until now. I saw that they had consoles in there, like in uh, in, oh, in really? the office. So I was like, "Oh, I see a console there." They were laughing it off. So I also know which consoles they had there, but I'm not gonna say because I'm I'm bastard like that. <laughs> and in any case, it could not be a, an indication anyway because I, you know a lot of a lot of studios have consoles you need that don't work console games. So we'll see what it will gonna be. Uh, but yeah, yeah I, I I was like uh, keeping it inside. Oh yeah, they have console. Maybe they're finally doing console. <laughs> Yeah, and now we know that they're working on well, some. Well, even when I interviewed him, he seemed interested in working on console games because you know it's that's. Uh, yesterday at Bitsami, he said that the younger, uh, the, he works with a ton of younger developers, and mm-hmm. I still have an I still have an interview with some of his younger developers that are going to be published soon, and uh, because there has been a. A lot of time passed. I'm a little late with that, but uh, I just didn't have time to transcribe it. It was like an hour of of, of speech, but I will soon. And they had like I interviewed uh, four very young developers. They were in their, their early twenties, uh, and there are a lot of young people that work at Kamiyaka Sun's uh, team, and they they were pushing for 
for working on consoles and so it was interesting as well so that they, they their interest like mashed and now in the summer we're gonna see what it does and i'm very excited for it because the mana series is one of my favorite but I've seen a lot of people in the comments saying that it could be, oh, Secret of Mana 2 remake or whatnot. It's not going to be anything on the Mana series. Because the Mana series is owned by Square Enix, and Kamiokasan doesn't work as Square Enix anymore. It has yeah. its own team. So, he doesn't have his own rights, or the rights to the game. No, it doesn't. In fact, Square Enix released the Secret of Mana remake was made without Kamiokasan. And it mm-hmm. kind of shows. <laughs> and it kind of shows. That's always sad. Yeah, but in any case, yeah, it's gonna. It's probably. I I expect a new IP. I'm pretty sure. So we'll see about it. If you go read our interviews, there there is a few hints on what he would probably like to work in the future. So it, it or or maybe they're not hints, but it, it, I asked him what if, what kind of genres he would like to work in the future. So maybe you can take it as an indication. Uh, we'll see. Just. Uh, just to wait and see, I guess. Uh, so I'm not going to be any tree announcement because I doubt uh, Brown is in the Madden studio and I doubt they're going to be at the tree at all. So maybe it's going to be a Tokyo Game Show announcement, which Tokyo Game Show is drawing near and can't wait to go there. <laughs> I actually love Tokyo Game Show so much more than E3 or even Gamescom. Oh, really? Is it like a more chill environment, I guess you could say? Or? Uh, well, it's a consumer show. First of all, ah, uh, okay. Like E3 is a almost only press show, so it's more yeah. like lots of announcement, but not so much fun. Uh, Gamescom is a half and half. There is half of it is uh, business and half of it is consumer, and Tokyo Game Show is literally, literally consumer, and that's it. And that's the more most colorful, the one that has the most the games that I like the most. So in the end. And it's Tokyo, so <laughs> I love Tokyo. <laughs> that makes sense. I'm a weep, so what do you expect? I mean, Shocker. are you surprised? <laughs> no, no one's surprised. It's six episodes in. No one should be surprised. Yeah, by now. I, I actually can't wait to go back to Tokyo because I, I want to reconnect with some developers as well and have some good interviews as well with them and talk about some interesting great. games, uh, which uh, I have a couple of interviews already lined up that I can talk about. I'm under very strict NDA. So, sorry, not going to tell. And that's it. Do you have anything else? Any um, other comment? No, nothing really. Uh, okay, then. Well, well, I'd say we knocked out this episode at one hour and over 10 minutes. So sorry about that. We're actually going longer. Uh, it was a pretty big uh, like news yeah, week. <laughs> so, yeah. Well... Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for following us. So if you liked what you what you listen to and you're on YouTube, please like and subscribe to our channel because it helps. Please, uh, if you if you didn't like it, just dislike it, I guess. Because, <laughs> you know, we're not perfect. Uh, tell us in the comment how we can improve. Always give us... Con- we, we love constructing comments. Uh, mm-hmm, tell yeah. us in the comments what you would like as uh, uh, our main topic for the next... Uh, uh, the next episodes and also just what uh, you would like to hear about even not just as a main topic and we'll definitely consider it can, prom- can promise that we'll actually do it but we'll definitely consider it so thank you very much and have a nice time thank you bye bye see you guys